thank you for joining us for this edition of HIPRA Connects, where we provide a voice to those with rare or challenging diseases and illnesses, the providers working to treat them, their supporters, and healthcare thought leaders. Hi, I'm Janice McRae, founder and CEO of Nexus Aid International. Our product, HIPRA, is a collaborative knowledge sharing tool for healthcare providers. Today, I am quite pleased to introduce to you Heather Ferguson. Heather is the founder and executive director of the Lymphedema Advocacy Group. Thank you for joining us for this edition of HIPRA Connects, where we provide a voice to those with rare and challenging diseases or illnesses, the providers working to treat them, their supporters, and healthcare thought leaders. I am very pleased to introduce to you today, Heather Ferguson. Heather is the founder and executive director of the Lymphedema Advocacy Group. Actually, I met Heather several years ago and she was gracious enough to allow her story to be told on our previous website. So welcome, Heather. I am very excited to have you with us today. So please tell us your story and what drove you as the founder of the Lymphedema Advocacy Group. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be talking with you. Um, so my connection to this issue is through my son. I have 15-year-old twin boys. And at, at birth, one of them had a bit of swelling and uh, through a lengthy and um, difficult process, he was eventually diagnosed with primary lymphedema. And uh, then a few months after that, I learned that the treatment supplies he would need to use on a daily basis for the rest of his life to manage this condition were often not covered by insurance. So that began my quest to close that insurance gap and my founding of the Lymphedema Advocacy Group to work on that. That's a very fascinating story. Um, so can you tell us about the Lymphedema Advocacy Group? What's the primary focus? So our primary focus is to improve insurance coverage for the compression garments and supplies that are the key component of lymphedema treatment. So currently, these supplies are not covered by Medicare because they don't fit into one of their defined benefit categories. These are a fabric elastic product, which have a lifespan of about six months. So they don't meet the longevity requirement of durable, me durable medical equipment. Um, they're, but they're also not a prosthetic or an orthotic or obviously not an oral medication. So due to this technicality, they just don't have a benefit category that they fit into and therefore cannot be covered by the Medicare program. And unlike other insurance policies who can interpret and define their benefit categories as they see fit, the Medicare program is really bound to the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law which is why we need Congress to uh, step in and through legislation create a benefit category that will enable these products to be covered by Medicare. And doing that um, will set a precedent for other insurance policies to follow because typically many private plans and state Medicaid plans and whatnot 
follow the coverage standards of the Medicare program. So because of that gap in coverage today, many private policies fail to cover these important supplies as well. And you know that's exactly what happened with my son when he was seven months old is when he was prescribed his first set of compression garments. And that's when I learned about the problems with coverage. So you've been working at this for how long, actually? This is the start of our 12th year of working on the legislation. So it's been mm. a, a very long haul. Um, most people don't realize that uh, small bills like this that aren't the kind of issues that are making headline news do take many years to get through Congress. And we also had the added challenge of advocating for a disease that most people haven't heard of. So, um, you know, the first few years was really just educating members of Congress and their staff about what lymphedema is. And of course, when you talk to people about it and explain to them that one of the leading causes is cancer treatment because it so frequently involves the removal of or damage to lymph nodes, everybody knows a cancer survivor and all cancer survivors are at lifetime risk for developing lymphedema. So they do find that it's a very relatable issue and a very important issue that impacts or potentially impacts many, many people, including possibly themselves or people in their family. Um, but they, most people don't readily recognize the word lymphedema. So we had a lot of just ed education and foundation to, to lay to really set the stage for getting the kind of support that we would need to eventually pass the bill. Well, that's, that's fascinating. And I can imagine you're still educating people. So and that's one reason that you know, I invited you to be on HIPAA Connects today. Um, so, but how have your efforts changed over the years? Is it still the same process, uh, trying to get the legislation changed? Uh, any insights you can share about that? Um, well, you know, we're, we're always learning every year how to be better and more effective advocates. Um, part of that is also tuning into what the key issues are at, at any given time. So whether it's health equity or chronic conditions or cancer care, or whatever the big themes that a Congress is hoping to tackle and improve upon. It, so we try to show how our issue relates to those broader issues. Um, certainly, you know, even though we've been doing this through multiple Congresses, there's also new members of Congress with each new session. So there's always new members and new staff that come with them to, to educate on the issue as well. Yes, I can, I can understand how that would continue to evolve your process of connecting with members of Congress, given that new members are, are coming, you know, periodically. Um, and so what are some challenges that your members face, continue to face? Um, do you mean from like a health personal perspective or the challenges of passing legislation? The, the challenges from the personal perspective, since your son has been um, struggling with it for a while, what are some challenges that those individuals with lymphedema face? Yeah, well, I think, um, 
as with all chronic conditions, it's, it's not curable, right? So you can't approach it from the mindset of, okay, it's going to be a rough couple of weeks or a rough couple of months, or maybe even a rough couple of years, but then I'm going to get past it. Um, it is, it is forever. And so it has to become your new normal and part of your daily care and part of your routine, um, to manage that condition. So, um, you know, we've all been impacted by the pandemic, but certainly probably more so for people with chronic conditions or who had underlying health issues to start with. So specifically, you know, within the lymphedema community, the, the compression garments that we're fighting to get insurance coverage for are the key component of their day-to-day management. So without garments, there's a lot of studies and, and data out there to show that patients are at increased risk for complications and hospitalizations. And certainly that it is the worst possible time to need to go to the emergency room or be hospitalized for something else right now, because one, our healthcare system is already overburdened just dealing with COVID patients. And then you're also increasing your own risk for catching COVID when you need to go into a situation like that. So it's really never been more important for lymphedema patients to have the tools they need to safely and effectively manage this condition at home. Um, and not having them has just increased that burden and, and their risk to their health and safety because of the, the, the pandemic. Um, and then on top of that, many patients have, even if they you know, could normally afford to pay out of pocket for their compression garments, the pandemic has perhaps impacted them financially. So they're no longer able to do so. Or if they lost their insurance, you know, because they lost their job because of the pandemic. Um, and many patients for a while simply did not have access, even if they had insurance coverage or the means to pay out of pocket, if the provider's offices where they would normally get the prescriptions for those items and then be fitted for them were not even open, they had no way to obtain the treatment supplies that they needed. Um, And the other ongoing treatment that lymphedema patients often need is uh, appointments with their physical or occupational therapist for Mm -hmm. a hands-on lymphedema therapy called manual lymphatic drainage. So this is not something that can be done through telemedicine um, because as I said, it is a hands-on therapy. So while some components of healthcare were able to pivot to a virtual platform, um, that was not possible for the kind of treatment that lymphedema patients needed. That total, that completely um, makes sense. You know, I, I want to get back to the cost of the lymphedema compression supplies. Is there any private funding? If patients do not have insurance, is there any way that they could get help in paying for those items that you're there, aware of? Yes, there are a couple of organizations that do have funds set up to assist patients um, in obtaining their compression garments. But of course, the demand of patients who need that assistance far um, exceeds (laughs) the (laughs) number of organizations and their amount of resources to provide that assistance. 
So, you know, hopefully when the Lymphedema Treatment Act passes and there's good comprehensive insurance coverage for these supplies, then those programs will be there just to assist the patients who do not have insurance or cannot even afford like the co-pays and the deductibles that would go along with their insurance coverage for these supplies. Because that's, you know, in, in an ideal world, that's the kind of situation that these uh, assistance programs are set up for. They're not designed to provide medical supplies on a large scale. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if anyone listening would like more information about the lymphedema advocacy group um, or just about lymphedema, what should they do? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, we have a website, which is lymphedematreatmentact.org. And uh, if, if you're not sure how to spell lymphedema, I'm going to spell it for you. <laughs> yes, please do. L Y M P H E D E M A. So lymph, like your lymphatic system and edema as in swelling. So all put together as one word, lymphedematreatmentact.org. So there's a lot of information on our website about lymphedema and about the ways that people can get involved with supporting this effort. And we try to make it as easy as possible for people to get involved. The most important thing that they can do is just contact their own members of Congress. But many people have never done that before and find that a little bit intimidating and that's totally okay. We make it as easy as possible. We have advocacy forms on the site where you can just enter your name and your address and it will use your address to match you to your members of Congress in case you're not sure of who they are. And then we provide a pre-written template letter that you can personalize any way that you wish, but you don't have to. And uh, you can just send off that letter. Uh, we have something very similar for calling your members of Congress, where after you enter your name and phone number, it will display your members' names and the phone numbers to their offices and a sample call script. And these sound like really simple things, but people underestimate how effective they really are, especially the phone calls. Um, frequently, you know, offices do get a large volume of correspondence. But it's usually about the things you're hearing about in the headlines. And they are very receptive to hearing from constituents when they're reaching out about an issue that is so deeply personal like this. If you have lymphedema or you care about someone who does, I promise you they will be very polite and interested to hear from you if you take the time to send a letter or make a phone call. And hearing from constituents makes such a difference. It's, it's more powerful than anything we can do as an organization because members of Congress are really only accountable to their constituents. And so that's just so important. I think you're absolutely right about that. And you guys have made it so easy. So um, I really want to thank you for that. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, I don't think so. I mean, if there is, if there is uh, anything more that you wanted to know about my son's journey getting diagnosed or anything, I'm happy to share that. I will say that, um, you know, 15 years ago, 
I, I never thought to Google his symptoms mm-hmm. <laughs> until we went through a couple months of, of the medical community not being able to figure it out. Like back then, it just never occurred to me that I would need to take that into my own hands. Um, but now I think we all instinctively Google everything. That's <laughs> the so second true. anything comes up that we're That's not sure true. about or want to know more about. So, so, <laughs> so while, while things change slowly within the medical community and, um, mm-hmm. you know, the curriculum that uh, doctors, you know, go through in med school, changes are slow to come about there. I think just the, the, the rise of the internet and, uh, and having all of that information at our fingertips is actually a really valuable tool to patients, not just with lymphedema, but any rare disease or any condition that might be hard to diagnose and not readily recognized. If you can go into the doctor with a, here's my symptoms. And then if they have no clue, (laughs) say, well, what about this? I mean, you're further along than if no one has any suggestions whatsoever. So Um, Not that we should need to be turning to the internet to diagnose ourselves. (laughs) um, But in some cases, it it is a valuable first step, I think, to helping yourself and helping your healthcare providers identify what's going on with you. I think that's that is a very significant point. There are many illnesses that go undiagnosed for whatever reason. And sometimes it takes a very long time. So your journey is inspirational to those who may or may not what's, know what's going on with, with, with their bodies or their physicians may not know. Um, but we've come a long way since uh, several years ago. And hopefully programs like this and your outreach, the Lymphedema Advocacy uh, Group, will help inform others who may have similar illnesses or other illnesses that they're not quite sure what's going on. So we really do appreciate your input and your time. Thank you so much, Heather, and best of luck to you and the Lymphedema Advocacy Group. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure to be here and talk with you today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the episode. Check out the show notes below for links to our website and social media. Check us out at hipra.com, H-I-P-P-R-A.com, at Facebook at Hipra app, H-I-P-P-R-A-A-P-P, and our Twitter at Hipra1, H-I-P-P-R-A-1. Thanks Thanks again for listening, and please share the podcast with some of your friends so we can grow the community and the podcast. So yeah, thanks again and see you on the next episode.